tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is Knowing God from 1 John chapter 1 verses 1 to 10. Thank you, worship team. Uh, please take a seat. And we are going to have a communion together for those who are watching online. So help yourself to prepare uh, the cup and the bread um, at home. And you should know by now, every first Sunday of the month, we're going to have a communion together. And so here, the usher will prepare the bread and passing the cup for us. And um, as we prepare ourselves, I'd like to, um, to read the portion of Scripture that we... Uh, we're going to look this, uh, into this morning. Um, and uh, as we're going to take the communion, uh, I just want to um, uh, remind each of us that by taking the communion, it's just not a, 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 a religious kind of a practice. It is relationship. It is, it is out of knowing God, out of knowing Jesus, out of, of, of having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so I'd like to read for us uh, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. That was which from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we look upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. We have seen it, testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and he was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. It is a joyful Christmas the whole world celebrate. We celebrated a joyful Christmas. We wish one another a joyful Christmas, uh, peace on earth. But without Christ, there will be no peace. Without Christ, there will be no joy. At least the believer we know. And so, the apostle John wrote this letter to the church, saying that in order for our joy to be completed in Christ Jesus, we must have, we must experience God, not just know in our head. But have with all the senses, seeing, hearing, tasting, proclaiming, fellowshipping, all of that is the wonderful package that God created and made available to all of us through His church, the body of Christ. And as we take the bread and drink the cup this morning, it is Christ's body that broken for us. In our brokenness, we like, each of us like a broken brick 
was putting on the wall by Christ, and he used grace to cement us to make the wall whole as the body of Christ. But this body of Christ always in the suffering because it's not completely 100% perfect. It always has area of sin, area of shortcoming, area of brokenness. And we come here together as broken people, but we will, make, be, will be made whole because of Christ. As we take the bread and drink the cup, it's just not seemly, even though it's a symbol. But it is in the spiritual realm that we are saying to ourselves and to the assembly of the saint, the community, the body of Christ, that we are part of one another. We are part of whole. We are broken part of the wholesomeness of God through Christ Jesus. And as we take this bread and drink the cup, we are saying to ourselves and to the Lord, we are taking this seriously. More serious is than any career and vocation and business or endeavor on this planet Earth because God came down. Christmas, we celebrate God came down so that he dwell with us. But God is the holy God that he even cannot dwell with the sinful human being. And therefore, he has to become one of us. That is the birth of Christ. Therefore, he can identify with us our brokenness, our sinfulness, our wickedness, our shortcoming, so that in us he dwell. And not only that, that he also give us the Holy Spirit, who is the sanctifier, who is the comforter, who is the helper, who is the whisperer of God's word, who is the pointer to Jesus, that he is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our Father. He is our friend. He is our Redeemer. He is the coming King. And therefore, as we take this bread and drink this cup, I invite you for a moment of re-examine your life in the last 2021 and as prepared the way of the Lord that work in your life for 2022 so that we're not going to live our life business as usual, but we're going to live a life with impact, with changes, with, 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 with zeal, with passion for the Lord. And whatever that we receive from him, be simply being an instrument that God allow us to have so that we become a vessel of honor, a vessel that really living out the gospel of God through our community, whether in a workplace, in ho at home, in a neighborhood. So take a moment. Do not rush yourself. Allow the spirit to deal with the corner, the chamber of darkness in your life so that light can penetrate into and bring transformation. Let's just spend a couple of minutes so that when we take the usher, we pass the bread and the cup, just hold on to, the, to it so that we can take together.
everyone uh, already has the bread and the cup, um, I would like us uh, to, uh, um, to take it together. may invite you to take the bread. invite you to take the cup. Lord Jesus, by faith, we are doing this. We understand the bread and the cup are symbol of what you have done for us, those who believe in you at the cross. As we enter 2022, what is the past, the past? What are the things that left undone? We don't need to feel bad about it, but what we need to get it right this year is to get right with you. The rest will, will come out. The rest will fall into its place when we get right relationship with you. And Lord, so as we do this together, so that we may have fellowship with one another, fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so that our joy may be complete. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Welcome to New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam again. I hope that you uh, understand that you are in Vietnam and Ho Chi Minh City. <laughs> Sometimes we are watching live stream. I don't know where you are coming from Sometimes, right? Of course, we have friends overseas who are watching live stream. Uh, but this morning, as our tradition, we like to pray for those who have their birthday in, uh, in the month January. Right? So if you see your picture... And if you don't have your picture there, because, because children, and uh, so uh, we cannot put it there because of a live stream. Um, but also, some of you never have mingled enough so that our team or uh, have a photo of you, and you don't use any social media, so we simply just put your name there. So uh, no offense, because we can't have your photos, right? And so if you see your name, can I just read and you stand up and... Uh, on behalf of the church, we'd like to pray for you, and the church also join us together. Susan, uh, I, try, I try hard to pronounce his brother's name, Enzi, Enzi, Jojo, Ze, Ze, Jojo, Ben, Joyce, Peter, Glycy, Elizabeth, and Abby. Abby, I think, is Tony, but um, uh, maybe you're watching online. Uh, and then one Chow. Okay, please stand up. And uh, just uh, join us, uh, church, join us to pray for this brother and uh, sister. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, uh, we are uh, happy to uh, call them friends. And Lord, you know their names. You made their life. And, and Lord, I just pray for this brother and sister as they journey on uh, with us in this 2022, Lord. And they are the first batch of uh, celebrating their, Christ, uh, their, their, their birthday uh, this January, Lord. We just pray that, Lord, you will bless them and keep them. You will um, 
empower them, Lord, uh, that they, whatever their hands that find themselves in doing, whether at work, at home, at church, Lord, you will use them as an instrument and a vessel of honor so that they can make impact, Lord, for your kingdom, Lord. Lord, may they know deeply in their soul that they are loved because of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we uh, love them and we pray for their uh, spiritual growth as well as the emotional stability in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday to everyone. Happy birthday. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, church. And um, this is the first Sunday of uh, the month. And um, I was praying uh, what the message that I would like to share with God's people, with the church. And it's the beginning of uh, New Year 2022. And so I was impressed by uh, First John. Uh, chapter 1, as I already read for us during the communion. And, um, and I just like to uh, read for us again. And as you allow the Word of God to dwell in your heart. And the, the Word of God is the living Word, so it's going to be active and like a double-edged sword. It will cut, it will prune, it will... Will, will like a surgery, like an operation. It is, um, it is amazing how the Word of God that can bring uh, spiritual dead people become a spiritual alive. We were born sinner, therefore we are spiritual dead, walking dead. We just, we just didn't know that we dead. And therefore God came and Jesus came and therefore we come alive. And so the Word of God is power. The Word alone has power when you and I read and hear. Let me just read for us the whole uh, first portion, about 10 verses of First John. And, and, and just let the Word and let the Spirit speak to you, okay? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we look upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which was we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have 
fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Verse 5, this is the message we heard. We have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sin, we make Him a liar, and his word is not in us. How many of us here want to know God? I assume no raising hand means you just agree in your heart. I just have to assume for my own encouragement. I assume that every one of us want to know about a supreme being. You don't need to be religious in order to know that there will be some form of power, supreme being. Even the atheists, even the atheists who believe there is no God and they don't even know, so they believe in themselves, which means that they are God. I am a God of my life. And therefore, at least they want to know that they have certain power to do certain things. And therefore, with the human attempt, we want to upgrade humanity. Have you heard the term human 2.0? Because we get, we, get, you know, we get tired with being human. We want to upgrade to human 2.0. Everything is to, you know, industrial, you know, revolution 4.0, and then human 2.0. I don't know what kind of upgrade that we need. And that's why we have to continue to hold to the, the, the theory of, you know, uh, evolution. We hope one day that we become a better human. And all our attempt is basically to become a better human. Sometimes Christians bought in that lie as well. They just want to become a better Christian. What that really means is that they don't even know what they are wanting, what they, they desire for. It's just to be a better Christian, meaning I'm a good person. Christianity, the Word of God does not make us to become a good person. It does make us to realize that we are sinner in every way. And there is no hope for sinner unless they come to term with Christ. And the only one they come to term to know God is to really experience God. We cannot know God from the lab, from the vacuum. You cannot send you into the lab, push a button after 12 hour, 24 hour, then you become the person who knows God. God needs to be experienced because He is a person. Because He is the living God. He's not a dead idol. 
No one can have relationship with dead idols, even though they said they have. Even though they, they worship idols, whether mountains, a piece of good, a piece of clay, any kind of object, they think they can have relationship with that object. Actually, it's not. They just, they just want to have something to hold on to. Do you know God? I'm afraid some of us do, do not want to answer the question. Say, I know God. I know God. Because knowing God requires everything about how human being. The easy one, the five senses. We must know God to five senses. As I know you, you know me. You know, even today with the pandemic, at least we see a screen, an image of somebody being projected to the camera and connect to the internet and cyber, and then we kind of, kind of you know, know that person. So, through the pandemic, it is good that those who already know each other in person can meet online. They, they somewhat feel not 100% the same, but it's, it's kind of the same because, you know, we know that person, we know the characteristic, we, we have experience with that person. So the question I want to lay before you, do you have experiences with the Lord Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God? Do you have an, an emotion and have, have the mind, the thought? It's like you have with that person. If I ask you, do you know your parents, do your mom, your dad, your best friend? You Probably you say, yes, I do. You know, that's why, you know, he or she is my best friend. Right? Correct? Are you still with me? Is this a message for the new year? Right? <laughs> knowing God. Knowing God is, requires our whole human being experiencing God and fellowshipping with Him. The knowledge of God is just not only that what we read here in the Bible is called revelatory, meaning God revealed through history to human agency, meaning God that did not just, you know, send the angel and sit there, write everything from A to Z. He revealed himself to human agency, meaning that he chose certain people, inspired them, fully inspiration to that very right, the Word of God, with a little bit of their kind of personality, their brokenness. That's why every book, every chapter, that you, have a, you can taste the, the personality of the writer, of, of that person. Though they, not, they, they, they were, you know, not perfect, but God used them to write Scripture that way we read. In the Old Testament. So he revealed to a span of time. Just to keep it easy, just over thousands of years. Maybe 6,000, 5,000 of years. And then throughout different people. And it's real and active and living in their generation. So when they read it, they intimately connect and understand. They experience it. God can send a spaceship, a UFO to take out your God people from Egypt. You know, out fly over the Red Sea, because I think, I guess God could do that, right? Uh, but he, he used His people, chosen one, broken people, these obedient people, to call them, to shape them, to, to let them experience Him throughout the suffering, being slave in Egypt, throughout the crossing of Red Sea. So all the people 
that are dealing with God and want to know God must experience Him. If you and I just read the Bible scripture with the English one, you have so many versions, you are picking this version, that version, you don't know what to read and say, oh, this Bible is so difficult, you know, I, I have better, I have, you know, I don't have time to read the Bible. You are not experiencing God. God is not, God is not like an object. You say, I agree with you, and you put on the shelf, and the, re the rest of the week, you don't even remember you have that object, but when comes Sunday, you remember you have that object. You touch it a little bit. You wish that God can be like a genie in a bottle. I come and ask for you. You come out and help, and then you're done with it. I'm done with you, and then get back again. It is, it's not like a demand. A God is, is not, it's not a God that who serves you as customer, you know, because you think that, that you have, you know, uh, you, you, know you, you said you love me, therefore I demand this and that. God is not like that. It's a, it's a most revelatory. God reveal himself also relational. That's a relational aspect, which means that without relationship, almost none of us can know God. He already revealed to us, thank God, we have the whole revelation. Something have not yet happened, but he, he, in a way that He predicts and tells us what's going to happen, but not in a precise manner, but in a way that He revealed Himself enough, more than enough throughout history, especially to His Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, He already done the revelation. Now He invites each of us to come into relationship with Him. Most of us are sitting here watching there. We never deny the Bible. We never deny the, 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 the Scripture. But my question to you, have the Scripture, have the Bible has authority in your life? When I say authority, mean that it tells you what to do, will you do it? It's like your boss sent you a memo, sent you a, a direct command, you must do this and do this and jump your and then, you know, otherwise you got to pay cut, otherwise you this, and you instantly obey. How about God's Word? Does it have any authority in your life? Knowing God, that we already receive what God has revealed in the Word. We read it. We try to understand it. We believe it. Then come the part that will make everything that's making sense when we do it. But the challenge is that we don't sometimes always do it because we not quite fully believe it. <laughs> when you see somebody action, you know what they believe. When you, before you do certain thing, they know what behind with the action is their belief. Hey, stay with me. So ask yourself, do you know God? <laughs> Some of you said, yeah, I do. Have you heard God? Have you heard God? Some of you are scary. No, I never heard God. Let me make it simple for you. Have you read God's Word? God's Word is the living Word. When you read, and some of us have a good habit of reading out loud. It's just good. God's Word is just, it's like, you know, active ingredient. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, a good yeast that, you know, come into a flour dough and make, you know, the loaf of, of bread become fresh and yields. And, you know, you put it in the oven and it smells good and it's tasty and it, it's, it, it's enjoyable. Some of you do not enjoy God 
because you never hurt him. It hard, it's hard for me and you to love someone if we never hear about them. If we never heard the sweet voice. Some of you are in relationship or marriage couple. I think some of you that, you know, have married for a long time and, you know, you no longer enjoy each other's voice <laughs> because of the pain and the suffering, the sin of both husband and wife, and you better, you know, someone to be shut up. <laughs> and sometimes if you are in bad relationship with God, you want God to shut up because you read his word and you don't know, you know that your light are not lining up with it. You put it down. Self-blame, self-pity, excuses, year after year, and remain the same. Have you heard God's word? Have you heard God's word? Have you heard his audible voice like the people in the Bible? I doubt that many of us can do. He still can speak. We learned that in our foundation class. But the most common, 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 and the most really, it is, God speaks all the time, is He spoke to God, His Word, to the Bible, to the Scripture. Have you read His Word? Have you read His love letters? Have you read the sacred text that is more precious than any Metal, precious metal, gold, silver, and diamond, precious gem. Have you considered his word the best thing you have for your life? It is today we have a copy and translation of, you know, the Bible. But imagine this is the, the old days that they have. This is the scroll, the sacred scroll. You only can hear God's word when you come to the temple. You only be able to hear God's word when you come to the temple and let the priest and read a portion of scripture for you and you have to memorize it and you have to bring it home and there's a journey. You probably recite it. You tell your children. You tell your spouse. And then you, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I forgot that part. They come back again next week. So I think that the old days, the ancient people have a better memory than us because they recite. They learn and they journey and they live it out on a daily basis. They, they, the, the Bible tells us that, you know, you have to put this monument, that monument, not because of idol worship. It's just monument to remind people what God has done in this place, what God has done in that place. And then, you know, they, they think you have to keep, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the Passover uh, feast because that reminds you how I deliver you. you. Because you have experienced, you know, your children didn't see with the eye, but at least they heard it from you. At least they heard that. God deliver my parent. God deliver my generation, my people, and he's still alive. And he continue to do this generation. So generation after generation, they heard God through the word of God being recited, written down, and passed down to generation. We have the scripture here because someone have put a lot of God, used someone to translate into, I think the first uh, foreign foreign language translate into uh, in foreign non non uh, non Hebrew non uh, Greek is that German, and then after that will be English, and the rest will be history that you and myself have in our mother tongue because the effort of all the missionary, all the translator, all the commitment to to really to make God's word available to in the mother tongue, 
And that is beautiful because people sometimes easier to connect with their mother tongues than just have to study Hebrew or Greek. But that is a common language at that time. Nothing fancy about that. Nothing is magical about Hebrew or Greek. That you have to study Hebrew or Greek in order to be blessed. You can be blessed with your own dialect. Because that's God's word is active and living. Have you heard God's word? No one. <laughs> have you read God's word? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Experience God, meaning you hearing God. I got the first slide. Hearing God, seeing God, touching God, testifying God, and proclaiming Jesus. Have you seen him? No? I can be honest with you. I never saw Jesus in person. Neither I saw him on the video or the live stream. He's not there. I saw a movie of Jesus, <laughs> but that's not Jesus. That is the telling, retelling a story of Jesus, the gospel. Have you seen him? None of us can see Jesus without faith, without hearing his word. Nobody can see Jesus if they don't have the word of God to really understand and get to know him. Now, there's some exception. I heard testimony that people, you know, uh, one day uh, trekked in the wilderness, in the, in, in, in the jungle, and, you know, one night just lay on the, you know, the tent and look at the sky. And just a moment of, you know, of revelation, perhaps they must be there is somebody there. Must be there's an intelligent designer. Must be someone. And so this person woke up and after the trip went to the church and asked the pastor, tell me everything about God. I want to know. And so that person received the Bible and then continued to attend Sunday. And then slowly the Word of God revealed to him as he established relationship through human agency, the body of Christ. The body of Christ, the church is, is tangible, it's visible to the world so that the world can get to see Jesus. So you and I are the ambassador of Christ so that the world can see Jesus. I saw Jesus to this church. I came to this church in year 2000. Uh, attended the foundation class for nine weeks. After nine weeks, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God kind of, you know, seized my heart and captured, and I repented. Uh, I understand God uh, at that time just as enough as I repented, and I want to receive Jesus in my life as Lord and Savior, and I got saved in this year since 2000. And I saw other brother and sister. I, I, I experienced God to the body of Christ. I see Jesus to the lives of others. That is why with this Christianity, we cannot just get the Bible, we go to the mountain, we stay there, we lock ourselves in the cave, and we just read God's Word and do not know God. We might have the knowledge of God by revealing to the knowledge of the Bible, but we will never be completed because it requires relationship. It requires experiencing. I hope Tarzan can be saved living with the animal, but the Bible did not tell. He needs to be added 
in the church in order to be saved. There is, a, there is a branch of Christianity in the movement say, oh, just me and, you know, and God. And, and kind of mixed with new age and just, you know, being, you know, being, you know, people alone. And I just do whatever I want. And I just meet with God. And as long as I have a ticket to heaven, as long as I believe in Jesus, I'll be fine. You can't find such thing in the Bible. The Bible is talk about the community. The Bible talk about the we. The Bible talk about, you know, relationship. The Bible talk about connecting to one another. Uh, get to know. Have you seen Jesus? The only way that you and I can see Jesus is through his body. And we acknowledge the hate. That's why we see the hate, Jesus. If Jesus is not Lord of your life and my life, and not the Lord of this church, we are have a hateless body. It's scary. It's like horror movie. This is why people come to church. They want to, don't want to submit to the authority of Scripture. They don't want to submit to the authority of Christ. They become moving members' body, floating around in the air. It's a scary movie. It needs to be knitted, connected, and united, and function as a church. That's why the church in today is so weak because all the body is dissembled and not united. Have you read His Word? Have you heard His voice? Have you seen Him? Do you know Him? And I appeal to you that this year, I invite you to experience Him. Read, hear, see, touch. How can I feel God touch? Maybe during my week, I have a moment with God. We have a moment of crying out with God, devotional talk with God, and I feel kind of an invisible touch of my heart, to my heart, and I hear a still more voice that I read and I pray. I encourage you to do that as well. That's how you experience God. Don't wait for the professional. Don't wait for the pastor and say, Pastor, no, no, it's best. Tell me what to do with God. No, you're supposed to know what to do with God if you know God. Don't wait for me to tell you what to do. It is good that God used me to proclaim. We we'll talk about proclamation. On Sunday, the main role of the message of preaching is proclamation, meaning to proclaim God's word and how each of you live your life. That's your choice. And that is your decision. It is not someone else. It's not even Jesus. Jesus is here for you. Have you seen Him? Have you heard Him? Have been touched by Him? Have you touched God's heart? Have you testified about Him? Christians who are afraid or refrain or restrain and find excuses not to testify about Jesus oftentimes find themselves in struggling in weaknesses, in dealing with the area of sin that habitual and they can't get out of bondage. Though they know they want the light, but they stay in the dark. Though they know want to get it free, but they yet get it themselves changed in that habitual sin because they don't want to testify because the power of God to their life. And they remain the same till they see the coffin. And they wish that somebody do a a deathbed baptism in the hospital. That's not the life God wants us to be. That's not the life that God wants you and me. You need to experience Him. Have you seen Him? Have you testified about Him? In our church, 
now come the guilty part. In our church, we have the red chair. <laughs> the red chair. Some of you have visited, you know, what is red? It's not because that I take that because I'm so important. No. The red chair is for someone who testifies about Jesus. We have, a, we have a video recording called I Met Jesus. And so if you, anyone who met Jesus will sit in that chair. I know people always have five excuses. Oh, I have fear with camera. Oh, I have fear with the red chair. Oh, I have fear with pastor. I fear with somebody look at me and, you know, uh, testify, testimony. I, I mean, let the pastor say, it's okay, okay, take time. But in, my, in, in me, you want to be honest? Like, have you heard his word? Have you seen him? Have you been touched by him? Have you testified him? Do you know him? I don't want to make you feel guilty, but if you need to, re to, to repent, be repented. You, we, as a Christian, we don't need to feel guilty anything, shame or guilt. If that is what the Lord speaks, Lord, I, I repent it. I surrender. If you don't like the red chair, I can change to this year is a blue team, blue chair, you know, black chair, white chair. As long as you testify, you know, because you say, do you know Jesus? Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Can you tell us more about him? Ah, another time, yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not a good one. Can you hire some expert? People waiting for somebody is really like celebrities, you know. Oh, this person tell the gospel best. No, 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 no. God and people want to hear your testimony, not celebrity, not somebody famous testimony. You, your testimony. You say, oh, I'm, not a, I'm not a good speaker. Then write. Then write something. Oh, I'm not a good writer. Then I don't know what to do. You, know, you don't speak. You don't write. Uh, you make uh, signs, you know, sign language. That's okay. As long as you testify. You know, the muted and, 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 and uh, the, what they call the, uh, uh, yeah, they, 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 they long to the day that they can speak. They long to the day they can see with their physical eye. Have you seen him? Some people are blind physically, but they saw Jesus. And some of us with all nice, beautiful eyes, with all the beautiful eyelashes, with all the contact lens, blue, green, red, whatever, the team of the day, blind to the spiritual sight, spiritual wrong. Have you testified about him? If sin the day that you say, uh, I believe Jesus Christ, I, I, you know, I'm a sinner, and I accept you in my heart, and therefore I'm going to heaven, done. Have, you have not experienced Him. You experience religion. You experience religion, not the living God. Are you still with me? It's not my intention to make you feel bad this morning. But if it is, if it is the divine intention for you to repent, so be it. Have you proclaiming Jesus? Proclaiming, you have to get to understand, proclaiming is not about arguing with someone. It's not about proving you are right and that person wrong. Proclaiming is not about uh, make somebody happy. Proclaim is not about that try to, you know, uh, discount on the gospel. 
you know, discount, like, hey, look, you know, this is too difficult. Maybe you start with this first. The proclaiming is to proclaim the fullness of God through the gospel. And either people will take it or leave it. People will accept it or deny it. People will embrace Jesus or spit into his face. Proclaiming has nothing to do with you and me, but has to do with Jesus. That is proclamation. To proclaim means to announce to pronounce, to tell others that God came down and He's for you. You don't have to be perfectly good, but you need to be perfectly honest and accept that you are a sinner and you're in desperate, desperation need of God and the Savior, Jesus. Amen? Have you been proclaiming Jesus? Number two, fellowshipping, walking in the light and confessing sin. Fellowship, to fellowship is a beautiful and a sacred word. It uh, can be only understood in the light of the scripture. Fellowship is not chit-chat. It's not a social connection. It's not a social gathering. It's not hangout. You know, English, we loosely, we can use that. But to fellowship is a very sacred word. It, it, it's, it's only happened between two believers. They believe in the word. They got saved. They happen fellowship. Why? Because God in the, between them, in their midst, the Holy Spirit, God present. When two or three gather together, God dwells. Right there. Fellowship. I can have a coffee hangout with my non-believing friend, but I do not have fellowship. I only have fellowship with the brother and sister who believe in God, who have heard God's voice, who have seen Him, who have testified about Him, who have proclaimed about His word. And therefore, when you come, it's like, it's like two charcoals already hot and poof, and become a fire, and then you smell the barbecue. You smell the sacrifices. You smell that people sacrifice time to make time for each other to fellowship. The strength and the sweetness of each fellowship and the congregation, the church, is the fellowship. People oftentimes want to treat, you know, Christianity and God like the other religion. Go to temple, do a certain thing, throw a few notes and, you know, coin into a temple, done deal, I'm a good person, I do this, I go home, don't need fellowship. And that's why they feel so dry. That's why they don't have experience with God. You know, at right at the finish, they already planned and jammed the whole day of Sunday. As the last song was sing, they just ran out. I'm not talking about emergency. You need to go. Did this. But people don't know how to create for themselves a journey, an experience with God when they jam themselves on Sunday and even they pack themselves the week. They don't have time for one another. I'm talking about believers. They don't have time for one another. Therefore, it's hard for them to fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit and with others. And therefore, they're missing the big part of being, you know, having experience with the Lord Jesus. Are you still with me? Fellowship is one of the signs that you see the sweetness of God, the goodness of God. And it's in that way, and I see someone to fellowship I seen God. I heard God's voice. I, I, I see their, their sharing, 
they struggle with one another. They're telling others about how, how broken they are. That's to be real. Fellowship requires authenticity. Fellowship requires openness. Fellowship requires being honest. Not fake, to, not fake it until you make it. That's the world. We be real until we transform. We be real with one another until we see the God's move and transformation in our life and my life. And the Bible tells you that we need to walk in the light because we are a liar when we tell others that God is light but yet we live in darkness. And when, when we, we, we tell God we have no sin or we don't confess to one another, as the Bible tells confess to Him, confess to one another, we make God a liar. Many Christians today, they make God a liar because they don't like fellowship because fellowship reveals their weaknesses. Fellowship reveals their secret. Fellowship reveals their certain sin they try to hide. That's why they just want a good night service to get it done. They feel good about it and they wait for the heaven. And in the heaven, what you are waiting for? Fellowship. Fellowship with the Lamb. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with the saint. All the saints there. Why on earth did God create the body of Christ and you don't want to fellowship? By the way, for the record, if you don't want to fellowship, that's your choice. It's not mine. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But I'm here to proclaim that the Word of God, that God is light. You need to fellowship with God. And in order to fellowship with God, you need to walk in the light. If there any area of your life, you know, you want to get it right, this is the time. Get rid of it. Open the window. Let light shine in the secret chamber. Let light penetrate into the dark area of your life. If there's any area of sin, find someone you trust that confess sin to one another. And first, you need to deal with God and say, Lord, this is the area of my sin. Lord, I thank, thank you, Lord, for the, your forgiveness. And I'm broken, and I need you. Fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Fellowshipping with the brother and sister. We, um, our church, every Sunday, we make some kind of a refreshment and snack. Not because I'm afraid that somebody hungry, that part is practical. Uh, but it, the most important part is to fellowship. It's not social gathering, tea break, you know, like you do to conference, tea break, social gathering, networking. The church is not for networking. The church is for fellowshipping. Sometimes you want to introduce yourself, what you do, uh, you know, this is my business, so on, you know, do it at the time, do it at a coffee shop during the week. Don't turn the church become a networking business connection, but turn it into a real broken life where you cannot find healing in the office, where you cannot find a true, authentic, open relationship in your workplace. You can fight here. Some of you are expert if you have been running away from your country, if you have been running away from your past sin, if you have been running away from your struggle, this is the place for healing. I'm now open to hear your struggle and bring the word of life into you. And this is Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. It could be your promised land or it could become the wilderness. It is your choice. Have you heard him? Have you seen him? Have you touching him? Have you been testifying him? Have you been proclaiming him? Have you been walking in the light? Have you been confessing sin to God and to one another? 
If you have not, I'm afraid that you do not know God. I'm afraid that you do not quite know Him. You know a religion called Christianity, but you do not know the person named Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Son of Man, Son of David. This is, this is the Savior, the Lord, the King, the Friend, the 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 God, Abba, the, the, the Almighty God in the human flesh that can relate with you. And he revealed himself to his word. Read his word this year. Journey, take note, take it seriously. Love's letter. Any one of you who's single, you're waiting for a love's letter, this is the best love letter on earth. Love's letter on earth. Yes, there will be some tearful part. There will be some ugly stuff inside. It is most like love life. will be ugly stuff inside. But God's love made perfect for us so it casts out all fear. If you are fearing something, I want you to begin to this journey of this year that you're going to have experience with God, experiencing God, fellowshipping with God. Have you, you need to see Him. You need to hear His voice. You need to testify about Him. If you don't like about the red chair, can you go back to that? Can you get a blue chair? I, I don't want to become a pastor it's like taskmaster. I don't want to become the pharaoh. Sit on a set chair and do testimony. Sit on a set chair. It's not about a program. It's not about... Too. If you have fear of camera, get over it. Have you seen Him? You think about all the disciples, they fear camera, they fear the emperor, they fear the persecutor. They run, they meet in the catacomb, they meet in the underground. They meet on the underground and they fear while they pray the Romans, oh, you maybe catch them. That's real fear. Today, most of the fear are superficial. Nobody slap in your face. Nobody kill you. Nobody tries to say you cannot worship God. Nobody punch in your face because you worship God. Go to Middle East and you know that they can behead your head and that's real fear. Today, all the fear is just fake. By the way, it's not a guilt trip red chair, <laughs> for the record. If you really say, the pastor, I cannot sit in red chair. You, you have done self-video, you have done TikTok, you have done all of that, and you put on, on, the, on the YouTube, uh, you put all of there, you go this, you travel that, and you don't fear nothing. Is that, heal, is that proclaiming gospel? Is that telling people about Jesus? Why are you so afraid about telling about Jesus? Because Jesus is not real in your life. Have you seen him? Have you heard him? Have you been touched by him or touching him? Have you testified him? Have you proclaiming him? Are you walking in the light? Are you confessing your sin? Because God made him manifest. This is the word of life. Let us spend a couple minutes reflecting. Not self-condemning. Not feeling guilty or shame. But what you need is, if you need to be repented, let it be so. Because God is loving. God is merciful. God is gracious. His grace is sufficient for you and me. If you have not heard him, I pray that you will hear him. If you have not seen him, I pray that you will see him. If you have not testified, I pray that you will testify about him this year.
But of course, you cannot testify someone you do not know. That is clear. And that is the case. Get to know him first. Get to know him first. Experience him. Fellowship him. Make it priority in your life. Reading his word. Fellowship. Stay back. Schedule to stay back. Because that's why you know, you know me, I know you. That's how I see God. That's how you see God. You know other brother. You know other sister. That's how you know God. Today, m the majority of churches are headless, headless body because they're moving in different parts. There's no hedges, right? There's no fellowship. I pray that this church is continue to be rich in fellowshipping and experience the very person of God that came down, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's just spend five minutes.
This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, is his son, cleansed us from all sin. All. The past sin. The sin that you have committed yesterday. Maybe even a few minutes ago. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. God is faithful and just. He is just to forgive us our sin. That is the promise. That is the assurance. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With certainty, the living word of God will grant us this. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Lord Jesus, I pray that none of us here will make you a liar. None of us here say, I want to follow you and you are Savior, you are my Lord, but continue to walk in darkness. We lie to ourselves, we deceive ourselves. Self-harm, self-destructive. And Lord, we simply just repent and we confess and repent all our sin, our obvious known sin and sin that sometimes we are not aware of. This is why we need fellowship. This is why you place us in the body of Christ where brother and sister and pastor and the elder are able to, to simply nudge remind and pointing out that's the area of darkness because of your love because of your grace because of your mercy because of your forgiveness that's why we are free we open ourselves to fellowship not to pretend not to live in the shell not like hermit crab try to change the cell and hoping change the future and Lord help us to open up being naked like you, before you, like you on the cross. Not a single cloth cover your loin. And you are naked before the whole world. And even they mock you. They spit at you. They, they, they put a name. Even they cannot deny the name, the king of the Jews in the three different languages at the time. They've been known. And Lord, when we look at the cross, we see ourselves naked before you. You know us all. We can't hide you. You know. The question, Lord, that we should ask ourselves, do we know you? Do we know you? Have we experienced you? Have we fellowship with you and others? There is not. It is a good start. The end of the, 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 the beginning of the year. And the past year has ended. This is a good start. Lord, the pandemic, the Omicron, all the variants cannot stop us from fellowship. We can, you provide us with technology. 
if there is a will, that's the only way, a way that we can do it. Lord, help your brother and sister, help your people, help the church. It's not an institution. It's the body of Christ where you are our head. Lord, I pray that your people will make your word the ultimate authority in their life. Not some of the celeb opinion, not somebody, but the word of God must be the ultimate measure of what is right and wrong. What is crooked, what is wickedness, and what is righteous. And Lord, by looking at the cross, we begin the journey of knowing you. Help us, Lord, to know you intimately, passionately this year. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.